Hello and welcome to episode 213 of the Quickie Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and thank you so much for being here. Before I introduce today's guest, I wanted to let you know that the Print Design Podcast is up and running and kicking, and a great episode was uploaded today all about the Mohawk Maker Quarterly and the brilliant creative team over at Hybrid Design in San Francisco that is behind that project, all about print as an object, and you know I love print. So after you listen to this interview, go find the Print Design Podcast and check that out too. All right, so today's guest, today's guest, today's guest, today's guest is Andrew Lennon. He is the graphic designer at St. Lennon. During this interview, we talk about how half of his childhood was spent growing up in the Philippines and the other half in the U.S., which gives him a unique perspective on design because all that stuff shapes your view of creative and design. You know what I'm saying? He grew up as a missionary kid and loved art and wanted to be an artist, but felt that he should get, you know, the quote-unquote traditional career. So started down the path of being a physical therapist, but very quickly realized that he hated it and it was not for him. He also shares with us the moment that changed his life and his career direction, shares how anime was inspirational to his design journey. We also talk about the challenges of finding that balance between the client's vision, but also your design aesthetics. He then shares with us the album cover project that just did not come together, but the other album cover art project that he did and he is super proud of and why. That and so much more in this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get right to it. My guest, Andrew Lennon. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Andrew, welcome to the Quickie Podcast. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Awesome. What's the weather? Give me the weather status right now. Man, it is, it's like a weird warm, but very chilly. So it's like, you know, where I'm from, Winter Virginia, it's kind of like bipolar with its weather. Like one day it'll be blazing hot, the next day it's like freezing. Yeah. And then today is like hot, but then it's like a really cold breeze. And so, I, you know, our city just doesn't know how to feel about weather, I guess. It's like those but. situations where... It's like the sun is shining, clear blue sky. It's warm. When you're in the mm-hmm. sun, you're like, damn, what a nice day. And then as exactly. soon as you step into the right. sh- shade, you're like, oh my right. gosh, where's my sweater? This is freezing. That's literally how it is here. And yeah. so it's like, I don't know how to dress. I'm like, I'll wear layers on top, but then shorts on the bottom. Yeah. And so you just have to like find that equilibrium of, you know, dress. <laughs> 100%. My wife jokes all yeah. the time. Like, it doesn't matter if it's minus 10. If, if, if the sun is out... I can't dress warm because I'll just sweat. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> cold sweats are the worst when you're like cold, but you're like sweating at the same time because yeah. you're like doing work and stuff like that outside. Yeah. But. The worst, man. 
So, Andrew, I first need to ask you, are you ready for a quickie? I'm so ready for a quickie. Perfect. Let's Do start it. with the tough stuff. Briefly tell the listeners about yourself. Um, yeah, so briefly about myself. Uh, my name is Andrew Lennon. I am a full-time graphic designer, full-time dad, and also a full-time pastor. It's a lot of full-time. Um, so kind of a unique – a lot of full-times, yeah. Um, so it's a really, you know, crazy season for sure, but it's, you know, it's it's been such a great time because it's all the things that I love and that I've always wanted to do. Um, and so, yeah, I'm half Filipino. Um, so my – Father is American. My mom is Filipino. So I grew up half of my life in the Philippines, loved it, moved to America, love it as well. And so I love just the multicultural perspective of things. And I love cultures and, you know, experiencing just different sides of the world and meeting different people from you know, different places of the world. So, yeah. That's awesome. So you'll have like, what I love about that is the your time in the Philippines and then coming to America, mm-hmm. your time in America, the yeah. the impact that that has on your worldview, the way you view creative, right. your your thought processes, like everything that happens 100%. to us you know, as kids and the way we grow up always somehow yeah. impacts, um, you know, for better, for worse, what we go through in our careers. So it'll be interesting to yeah, see how that ties in. Yeah, for sure. I agree 100%. Perfect. So speaking of childhood, I want to kick it back yeah. and start there. What was your childhood like? And Do you feel that you had a creative childhood that sort of pointed you in this career direction? Mm. Yeah, that's an awesome question. Yeah, so my childhood is very unique. So I, you know, my parents were missionaries. And so I was kind of, you know, the thing. And, um, but it was kind of unique because, you know, if you meet most, you know, missionary kids, you get different spectrums, right? You get the people that literally are like extremely wounded by it, which is such a thing because, you know, there's a lot of people that go into ministry and sacrifice family for ministry, which is never the intent. And so a lot of missionary kids end up becoming wounded and like their whole childhood development is is pretty much pretty, pretty difficult. And for me, I got a really unique perspective because where my parents did missions was where all of my mom's family was. Oh, wow. And so I pretty much grew up with my cousins and my aunts and uncles. So it never felt like I was like this, like half, you know, American Filipino kid in the, you know, in some unknown land. It was like, I just grew up with my family. And so I it never, I honestly never felt like the isolation and like the tension that most, you know, MKs feel. Um, but, you know, I guess talking to any any person with like an Asian background, um, creativity is like a thing, but it's never an occupation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I had a, I definitely had a creative childhood, like so imaginative, and my parents encouraged that, and, and they loved that. And you know, from a young age, I would always draw, and my thing was, you know, my parents would get me those old drawing books where it'll show you step by step, you know, using shapes, and somehow it ends up being like a horse, you know, those, those old drawing books. Yeah. And I love those. I just like consume those. And I just love drawing as a kid. It was just something that like, I was, you know, more than the average kid. It was just something I was so passionate about. And I super funny. I saw a yearbook photo when I was in kindergarten, actually um, in the Philippines. And it has your photo where you're from and what you want to be when you grow up. And what I actually put as a kid was an artist. Whoa. And 
Yeah, and it was so crazy. I didn't, I actually didn't know that, but I was like tagged by a friend in the Philippines like a couple years ago. I was like, oh, that's amazing. Um, so I, you know, I grew up. I loved art. It was something like you know, this would be a really cool thing to do. But growing in a very you know Filipino environment no one does art like it's like you can't make money you as an artist like that's not the wise stable yeah, mature it's not like the career you know, thing to direction. do it's a hobby exactly yeah 100 percent. so literally everyone in my family was nurses doctors teachers so like everyone was in like higher academia um and i had like one cousin who was an artist and he was just kind of like the weird cousin like you know <laughs> what is he doing with his life yes. um and so yeah, that was kind of the journey of like, and I think even in living in the Philippines too, it's just the, my city, like, it's like, there's so much creativity everywhere in the architecture and the food and the colors and the culture. It's a very vibrant culture mm-hmm. compared to, you know, America's vibrant, but in a different way. Definitely. Um, and so I think definitely like that was a huge role um, in kind of my creative journey for sure. Interesting. So really, there was only one member of your family that was already sort of dabbling in that art creative space. And you, through schooling and basically elective classes, Mm -hmm. came to love design. What was the moment where did you did you have like a sit down with mom and dad and say, hey, guys, (laughs) I'm coming out. Yeah, I'm I'm going to be an artist. artist. (laughs) Right. Like, did you have that Um, conversation or was there a teacher or a a guidance counselor in school that really pointed you in that direction? Dude, um, my journey is so unique and it's so different. So I went to college and my whole high school life, the goal was to become a physical therapist. Mm -hmm. And that's like, I was like, my family's going to be proud of me. Like literally every time I would talk to a family member of the Philippines, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be a physical therapist. And they would just light up. Um, And that was just like, you know, I like sports. Um, You're not doing surgery. You know, it's nothing like super, super crazy. Um, But like, it's a very stable, high paying job. Like it'll provide for my family. So that's what I like pursued in high school. I did like, you know, exercise science classes and stuff like that. The only creative class I had was like journalism class where, you know, you design like your books and stuff like that. So I had like some experience in that. And I remember one of my teachers in that class was like, why aren't like, cause I was already naturally like pretty good at design. I kind of, I started, you know, getting into drawing and that turned into like digital drawing. So I had like, you know, old Wacom tablet, I would draw my, my computer and that eventually, uh, evolved into the graphic design Mm -hmm. and so you know in high school i did like t-shirts for clubs and you know that was essentially your only field it wasn't like you know you're you're grabbing clients and stuff like that i was just like designing t-shirts for clubs and was doing stuff for my journalism class and my teacher was like you need to do graphic design i'm like um yeah that's not gonna happen and so i did um physical therapy that was my what i pursued when i started college and i hated it (laughs) i was like I've prepared like three years of my life pursuing this. And I thought this is, you know, who I am This is what I'm going to do. And essentially, you know, that's all I knew. So there's no other, you know, grid of anything else than that. So I just kind of pushed through it. And then I ended my first year and I was like, you know, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And I just had like the revelation. I'm like, 
what if I can be something else and do something else? It was like this <laughs> big moment. Like, what if there's like Andrew Lennon can do something else besides this? And during the whole season, I had like a, you know, a crazy encounter with the Lord. And I grew up a Christian, but it was just very nominal. And um, you just do things and don't do things. And that's the religion. But I had this, you know, genuine encounter with the Lord in my bedroom. And it revolutionized my whole life, my perspective of myself. And it got healed of all these things. And so from that moment, you know, the Lord called me to ministry. And even at that, that time, too, I'm like, I'm not going to do ministry. You know, you can see the, the pattern of, of self-doubt. And um, I essentially switched majors to art education. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, you know, there's art. I like art, but there's still an element of like a stable job. <laughs> and so that's how I, you know, that's how I compromise in my life or in my mind. So I'm like, if I'm going to do ministry, I need to have a stable job to provide for ministry because no one makes money doing ministry. That was my thought process. So during that, during that time, I, that's what I did. And something in my my heart was just like you know this just doesn't feel right like this you know it it literally seems amazing and like it seems like a great occupation but something just didn't feel right so essentially I switched my majors again and i switched to interdisciplinary which essentially what that is is you create your own major mm-hmm. using minors so i switched my major to um Biblical studies, global studies, and psychology. And that's essentially what I studied in college. <laughs> and during that time, I just, I, I taught myself graphic design. And, um, oh, sorry. So I was, you know, doing graphic design for this marketing job at my college. And, you know, if, if you've ever worked for like a marketing job, like you're learning how to like work with people and there's tasks and there's organization and I'm such an organ, unorganized person. And so like, you know, if you were to look at my computer pre this job, it was like a mess files everywhere and like copy, yeah. copy, copy two, copy three, copy five. Yes. And that was, there was like no organization. And so like, I learned all of these practical things because I, I naturally had a creative eye. I naturally had an eye for design, but there's, there's just so much more that goes into design besides the aesthetics of it, you know? And so I learned all of these things of like revisions. I never had to do revisions before because I never worked for anyone. And so like learning how to like do all these things. And it was, I was there for only a year, but I, you know, I soaked in so much knowledge. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was honestly my launch pad into working um, now full time, which is crazy. Yeah, man, such a roller coaster on the way. Um, you know, right. to get to that point, but then you finally got your feet under you and it started to feel like it almost like you got into a bit of a flow then. Yeah, for sure. So Andrew, I want to ask you then what stands out to you as the most influential design of your life so far? Something that you saw and has just stuck with you since. Man, that's a good question. So what actually got me into the digital realm of design was um, super nerdy, but anime. Um, and I don't know if you know Hayao Miyazaki, but he oh. is um, an animator, and he, you know, did movies like Spirited Away. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of Castle in the Sky, like all these things, like really crazy. You know, you don't even need to like animate to like these movies. Just like the animation and like the storytelling and the the colors and it's just like next level. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was in, I think it was like elementary school. We, you know, 
at that time when kids actually went to libraries, um, <laughs> you know, I, we would like rent VHS tapes and um, prior to that, I, you know, I didn't know what anime was, but I found this, you know, VHS, VHS tape of um, one of his movies, which is called Princess Mononoke. And, you know, as an, it's very gory and like, pretty dark so as a kid it was like kind of weird but I was like so intrigued by like how beautiful the animation was Mm -hmm. and I was like I want to make that like I want to be able to make because I drew you know pen like pen and paper and like Mm -hmm. markers but there's just so much you can do with that I was like I want to make digital stuff and so that's what led me um into getting you know, Wacom tablet at that time, Paint Tool Sci was like the free program that people use for you know drawing and whatnot and that's honestly how I started. And obviously if you see my stuff now, it's not nothing like that at all. But <laughs> it, it, I eventually like evolved over time of like, wow, like there's so many tools on Photoshop that you can do so many other things now. And mm-hmm. it's it just like, was this cool journey because I think what really drew me to, you know, the work is it, it wasn't even just that style because that's not like my style isn't, you know, that style at all, but it's just like, you can create things like this that like are so beautiful and have that much of an impact on someone just because of like what it looks like visually. And I think that's like kind of the heart of, of art and creativity because obviously, yeah, there's the marketing and there's, you know, the things that you have to do and logos and stuff like that. But then there's still a deeper element of creativity that bypasses the mind and, and goes straight to people's hearts. And I think that was what impacted me the most about, you know, Miyazaki and all of his, you know, work. So that's, I would say for sure is the most influential like design slash like art that I've had in my life. Definitely. And, you know, all styles evolve. All designers sort of evolve as they grow their skills and have outer, other influences and learn and expand their, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's not surprising sure. that your stuff doesn't align now with, yeah. like, with how it did. But, you know, that's right. something that really got you into it, got you just fired up about it. Yeah. Perfect. So, Andrew, the next few questions I have for you take you down part of your career where you've likely made some mistakes, learned some lessons, and Mm -hmm. I want to pull those stories out and share those with the listeners. Um, So i got two or three of those, and then we'll turn it around, and we've got some happy questions to finish up here. Perfect. Um, So what has been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging, and how did you get through it? Man, you asked the the best questions, man. Um, deep. We go deep yeah. here on the quickie. That's right. I like deep. <laughs> That's how I like it. Man, yeah, so I think, like, some of the most challenging aspects of, you know, design is um, finding balance. And, and I, I mean, I think that's that's for anyone in, in any role or occupation. But I think for me, you know, with design, because once you get into the career aspect of design, creativity, art, all that stuff, you know, you're not just working for yourself, right? You know? And so I think finding that balance of like people's visions coming alive, but also like you, you know, having your own style and your own also personal vision of of what a project should look like. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, you know, starting out, I was so, I wasn't very moldable, and I was like, you know, this is how you do things. This is how things should look. This is, 
what aesthetically looks great and whatnot. And at that time too, you know, my, it was just like, I was just a person doing graphic design less than like, this is my brand. Whereas now people like hire me for my brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at that time, you know, I was really figuring out my style and like my brand and all that stuff. And so I would have projects where, you know, they would have a vision and I honestly would like kind of clash with their vision, which led, you know, led to like five revisions (laughs) (laughs) on the project, you know, like, where I'm like, no, this will look better. But they're like, no, I want it to look like this. And so like finding that balance of like, you know, as an artist and as a, you know, especially in, in a career of, of graphic design, finding that balance of like making like the, the client is the priority. Like at the end of the day, even if you're not like, this is the best thing I've ever made, but as long as they're like this, like this perfectly communicates, you know, my vision, mm-hmm. like that, that is the the goal of, of design, you know, when you're working for clients. But, so that's like the challenge of balance um, of sort of the client's vision, but also your aesthetics as a designer. Exactly. Yeah. 400%. Jeez. Oh, so what was the, was it basically just trial and error and going through a few of those situations where you sort of went, okay, Andrew, like what's going on here? Why is this more difficult than it needs to be? Yeah. I mean, for sure trial and error, because, you know, like I said, I'm 100% self-taught I never had any you know training or classes besides you know that one year of working for a marketing you know firm Mm -hmm. um and so there's all these things that I essentially had to like learn for myself by trial and error which you know that's like everyone's process when you you know you're teaching yourself something like when you learn an instrument when you Mm -hmm. you know learn whatever there there's so much trial and error involved and I think for me at the beginning that was one of the hardest things was like, you know, you, you want your clients to ultimately be happy. You know, you don't want to like them to like say, okay, that was great. Um, can I have my money back? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I remember like one specific story was, you know, I was designing for someone and I just like, couldn't, I couldn't do it. You know what I mean? Like I, we, we tried so hard and, I just like couldn't communicate their vision, and I like is that hasn't happened to me ever, and it's since then still still hasn't happened since. Mm-hmm. But it got to a point where they were just like, you know, I just don't think it's gonna work out. <laughs> um, keep keep the deposit, and it was like heartbreaking, man, because it was like, man, like I obviously if they hire you, like they, they know your capacity and your ability. It's not like yeah. you know, it's like here's a design random generator. Um, and so it's like finding that place of like, okay, this is their vision, like what they want matters. Like, how can I, how can I get my feet, you know, in the water of their vision? And so what I've learned from that now is, you know, it's so much more than like, all right, just send me like a inspo board. Like some projects are that easy. They can just send you an inspo board and you can kind of go from there. But I've really learned, you know, specifically for like brands and stuff like that, which really encapsulates so much more than, you know, some, some more simpler types of designs. But I love like having a personal, you know, relationship with the the client, you know, in that moment. Um, And like, hearing from them personally so like just taking the time of like jumping on a call for 20 minutes you know what Mm -hmm. i mean makes all the difference okay 20 minutes may be a little bit inconvenient but ultimately it's like you're you're doing something at 
and at a level of excellence. And so for me was doing that of like, you know, hearing from the client, like, tell me your vision. And like, why is that your vision? You know, where did that come from? What inspired you? What's, what's been the journey for you to develop that specific thing? And that brings it so much more to life. Um, because ultimately like once you're in the roots of that, you know, once you hear someone's personal journey, it's like, it, you literally can't make it about you, you know? Um, cause it's, <laughs> a, it's like, you literally can't. And so I think that's such an important thing that I've learned. Um, it's, you know, and again, like you don't have to do that for every single job, but like when you get in those places of like, I have no clue what I'm doing, like not, nothing I'm making makes sense and it doesn't mm-hmm. look good. And just having like that moment of like contact with that person of, you know, explain this, like, why do, why do you like this? Like, why do you like this specific thing? Like, what about it, like, stimulates, you know, your mind and how do you, why do you connect to that? And so I think that's such a, a big thing that I've learned. You know, and what that really speaks to is taking the time to find out a little bit more about that customer's worldview and how they are 100% at what their vision is, right? Because like we were saying at the beginning of this, you growing up in the Philippines and then moving over to the U.S., you yeah. will have a different worldview than me growing up in Canada. You know, within I haven't moved outside and lived outside of 100 miles or 100 right. kilometers even from where I'm at, right? So all of that just shapes your your worldview. So taking the time to understand that from your client. That's really good. I like that. So I want to get a little bit deeper now, and I want to okay. ask about a specific design or a specific project that you were mm-hmm. a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result. What was that like? How did that feel? Can you take us to that story? Yeah. Let me, let me think for a second. Um, hmm. Yeah. I mean, I honestly think it, it's back to that one design um, if it's okay if I go back to it, um, but that one design it was, you know, it was an album cover um, for like a, a project. And again, th- that's one of those those projects that are very layered. Like you can't just like, you know, all right, make it look like this and you do it because you're encapsulating sound, right? You know, at this True. point, you're you're learning how to balance your different senses. At this point, it's different than you know, let's just say you're just designing a tattoo for someone or something like that, where, it, you know, you're just encapsulating a meaning, but with an album, it's like you're encapsulating a sound. And that's honestly one thing that I thrive in. I love doing album covers um, and like, you know, sing, like cover arts for musicians because it's such a unique layer of design where you're, you're learning how to adapt and match something visually to something that you can hear and that's affecting a different sense, you know? And so for this specific project that we slightly covered, it was designing a, a cover art mm-hmm. and it, it just like, it just couldn't work. I don't know. It was like this weird thing of like everything that I felt like I was putting out was like, like I would send it out super proud. I'm like, this is good. He's going <laughs> to like it decide. Yeah. And then it was just like, can we do this, remove this, change this. And, um, I was like frustrated. I was like, you know, like what else can I do at this point? Mm-hmm. And I've, you know, I've never been in that position where you're just kind of like at a standstill with someone. Um, and it just like revision after revision. And it was, it was, I think what, what was more heartbreaking for me, it isn't like this is inconvenient or this sucks. It's like, I, I want to make sure, you know, 
my clients are getting what they paid for. I want to make sure that they like they're proud of of what they're receiving at the at the other line. Because obviously, yeah, money is a thing. Like you got to feed your family. But at the end of the day, if you want to be, you know, a, a graphic designer that at least makes some sort of an impact, it has to be more than just the money. Um, and so for me, that was like I think what was super difficult was like, you know man, like I want them to at the other end of this whole process because they're, they're investing time just as much as I am sure. into this thing. And like, you want them to receive something that they're like, man, this like, because you know, you have those moments where you have clients and they're like, man, this, like this design, like this touches me. Like this is exactly mm-hmm. what I've envisioned, or this is even like greater than what I can envision. So getting in that place of like, man, like, it's just not, like, nothing looks good. <laughs> like, nothing, you know, nothing's going to work. It's it's difficult because, like, you know, obviously that affects, you know, your, you as an artist, you're like, man, like, you know, obviously it's not like a, a huge deal or whatever, but like, man, can I, you know, can I do this? And so I think at that moment, because that was very fresh, I was like, you know, a year into this thing, um, but, you know, it, it's one of those, those things that you know, it's it's really good um, to learn from. And, you know, praise God, I haven't had like any like crazy, crazy stories of anything, real like, sideways stuff. Right. Of like, mm-hmm. like, I got sued. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the thing. So, Andrew, then what are you uh, or actually I'll ask it this way. What is something yeah. that you're struggling with in your design career right now? Man, that's good. Yeah, I think one of the the things that I'm I'm finding is, um, you know, as w- with specifically what I'm doing and and you know the direction that I'm going, it's you know it's it's a brand, right? It's like Saint Lennon. It's building like this brand, um, and it's like something that you know the the whole what, what a brand is, right? It's something that people want to be invited into, right? Mm-hmm. You see a coffee shop, you see you know, branding, like it's something that draws you in and that you feel an invitation to come into mm-hmm. and to like explore and figure out what it is. Like that's the whole goal of, of, of branding. So I think for me, you know, when I started this whole thing, it, it was never like, you know, I want to be State London Brand Co. You know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. just like, this is just what I came up with for my Instagram handle. I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> and I'm just going to post designs because I love it. Yeah, but it like escalated really quick, which is a great thing. You know, that's always a nice thing. And it like just started growing and growing. And now I'm able to do it full time. And um, but I I think one of the hardest things, it's like learning to, you know, in the realm of social media in the realm of, you know, having a a certain audience and in a realm of um, design, like really learning to like stay true to um, kind of your your mission and vision as an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, because you you are creating for clients. And so not every project's gonna be like 100% your heartbeat. Um, so your feed's not gonna be like every single thing that you love to do. It's, it's just, you know, your portfolio and whatnot. But that balance of also like, you know, this is who I am as an artist. This is my brand. You know, this is why I look at this thing. I'm like, this is, you know, th- I think one of the biggest compliments I get is like, like a, a design of mine or something like that will be used for a client and someone would come in and be like, is that St. Lennon's design? Like I, I can tell it's St. Lennon. And that's like such an encouraging thing because it's like, that's that's what I want at the end of the day. I don't want just like my designs to kind of just like blend into the the mold of, 
you know, design trends. And I think that's kind of the, the biggest thing right now that I'm, you know, wrestling with as it's growing, as it's, you know, taking off, um, that it, it won't just be something, I, I want my designs to be something, just, you know, like the, the question that you asked me of like how Miyazaki impacted me. Like I want my designs to have that capacity on people because at the end of the day, you know, when you create things, creativity is such a beautiful thing. Like I said, again, because it, it bypasses the mind and it goes straight to the heart. Mm-hmm. You just think of like a mountain scene, like you don't look at it and, and think logically about all the dimensions and everything like you think about just like how it makes you feel and the impact it has on you and so like correlating that in design of like I just don't I don't want to just make something that's intellectual which there's places for that and it's an amazing thing but I want to make things that impact people Mm -hmm. um and that people can look at and be like wow like I I you know I experienced something from this piece like I took something from this piece or you know, I got a letter in the mail from someone who was like, you know, you're, I saw a video that you did on YouTube when you're interviewed. And it was like one of the huge things that motivated me to get into graphic design, you know, stuff like that. Um, but I think the the struggle is like, especially, you know, it, you, you see my work, a lot of it is very faith-based and, you know, that's just who I am. And so it's going to overflow into my art. And, you know, there's mm-hmm. nothing to hide in that. Um, but it, I think it's so easy when you have such a significant and specific audience, you know, you think of like musicians, like people have such a strong audience of not just like fitting some kind of, you know, specific mold and fading into like the trends of your audience, but creating things that are like, man, this like correlates my heartbeat in this season. Um, like this really, like, this is, this is what like is going on in my heart. I'm going to create from that place. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big thing for brands and specific, you know, as artists, like creating the brand of your, uh, creating your brand as an artist, like communicating from that, that place, if that makes sense. Totally. And again, you know, when I hear you say that, that sort of trying to create something that resonates with a, with a specific, um, you know, group, it's, you're trying to create something that they see and they feel in the heart, not that just they look at and go, Oh yeah, that looks cool. Right. And your worldview, how you grew up, your belief system, all of that plays into that. Yeah, for sure. It's good. Okay, Andrew, I'll turn this bus around here for you. Um, (laughs) I want you now to tell me about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of one that just makes your heart sing. Yeah. I love that. Um, hmm. What project do I look at and am I most proud of? Um, man, I, I would say I made a, um, album cover for, um, this guy named Joshua Luke Smith, who's like a, it's kind of like a rapper artist from UK. Okay. And um, the album cover, I actually, you know, it's pretty recent. I think it was like a, a month ago that I posted it. So this isn't like a super long time. But it, it's one of those projects, like, I think one of the things that I love to do with myself when I create it, I love to try to, like, push the limits of what I think I can do. Um, and I, I don't like, I don't like being comfortable. I don't really like kind of, just like having a normal consistency, obviously consistency is good. Traveling, I can't just be like stuck in one place. You know, that's just how we like, you know, transition so much because we're missionaries. 
Um, and so, you know, that plays a role in design where I love like trying to one up myself. Um, it sounds weird, but when I like design stuff that I'm like, you know, I look back and there's moments, you know, just like milestones of like where I would say, man, this was like the best design that I made so far. Mm-hmm. And then about that, in my opinion, where I'm like, man, this like this design is like the best design I've made so far. <laughs> so there's so much that goes into that. It's not just like, you know, there's just something visually that me personally connects with that I'm like, man, this is like something that I, um, you know, that I, you know, didn't even think that I can make this. Um, and so that album cover is one of those things where it was kind of, you know, it's more detailed. It's, it's a little bit different than what I've done um, in a while. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those pieces that like, you know, I'm just proud of, like I look at it. And as artists, I think that's such a hard thing to find, you know, cause you, you are your toughest, toughest critic. Um, and so like finding pieces that like, man, you, you would, you would hang that on your house and you would want people to walk by and see it and be like, that's a good design. <laughs> that, that's one of those things that I, you know, that I recently have done that I'm like, man, um, I really loved how that turns out. And my creative process is, is, you know, very, like I said, kind of unorganized and unorthodox. I plan out like just as much as I can. And then I kind of just go for it and see what comes <laughs> which sounds weird and so that was one of those pieces where you know I had a framework and I, I had a plan I had an idea and it kind of went a different direction and it, and it became something like the composition and everything became something so much more beautiful than you know I expected and so yeah I would definitely say that cover art that's a great one and that's really because what it did is it it, it forced you to recently like level mm-hmm. up level up yeah and and you did it and you rose to the occasion and, and it worked it's good. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, Andrew, let's wrap this up here with the ask it forward question. This is where I have a question for you from my last guest and you get the opportunity mm. to ask a question of my next guest. So that's cool. The ask it forward question I have for you comes from Francisco Reyes Jr. Also known as mm-hmm. never made um, yeah. out of Los Angeles, California. And let me just say this about the question. There's some questions that we get for this Ask It Forward that are deep and meaningful yeah. and there's like a greater purpose behind it. It's, it's, it's asking about beliefs and how those integrate with your designs and things like that. Mm. Then there's questions that are more on the fun, quirky side. Yeah. This is definitely on the fun, quirky side and I cool. had a debate with my kids about this very question okay so andrew the question i have for you is is a hot dog a sandwich gosh man you had to pull that one on me um man is a hot dog a sandwich and and what i believe to be true surprised me i've never been addressed with this question before but the really? more I thought about it, my perspective and my answer changed. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. So this is what I would say. I would say that a hot dog is not a sandwich. Not just because, you know, obviously you would just look at a hot dog and think it's not a sandwich because it does look like a sandwich. But why I don't think it's a sandwich is because how the bun is, right? So when you eat a sandwich, it's usually two pieces of bread that aren't separated. 
Whereas buns usually are separate unless, you know, you're weird and you eat your hot dogs with two separate pieces of bread. Um, and so, you know, with that logic, like you, you wouldn't call a, you know, what's it called? Um, what's that? It's like a, like you wouldn't call a pita. What do you call a pita sandwich? I don't, I don't think so. Maybe. Which, I don't, know. I don't I don't know if I just contradicted my whole theory See, here. See, you're questioning but, yourself now. See? <laughs> dang, man. See, this this is what this question does. Um, I would I would, st- would stick with it, and I would say that a hot dog is not a sandwich um, because most sandwiches usually involve two separate pieces of bread that make the sandwich. So I would say hot dog it's, is in its own category. See, it's interesting you say that. And that was my original answer. Okay. But let me put this in your direction. Have you ever eaten at Subway? I have eaten at Subway. What does Subway serve? Dang it, dude. They serve sandwiches. Now, whenever I've had a Subway sandwich, I've never experienced a Subway sandwich that has a top and a bottom. My toppings are always nestled in an open bun. So a hot dog is merely Mm. a processed meat nestled into a bun with additional toppings. Right. Hmm. It, well, it, it, in my conclusion, my personal opinion, <laughs> a hot dog is a sandwich. And Dang. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's a sandwich. All right. Well, I think you may have just changed my mind. <laughs> uh yeah, go ask, your, go ask your friends and family, see what they think. I will, I will <laughs> definitely do that right after this. All right, Andrew, uh, what is your Ask It Forward question for my next guest? You can ask them anything, but I will not tell you who they are. Awesome. Okay, I would say, and if this is a question you've already had, feel free to tell me and I can ask another question because we don't need repeat questions. Um, so my question to the next designer would be um, in – your career as a designer, what is something you would tell um, yourself in your first year starting as a graphic designer? What things would you tell yourself to do differently? So being where you're at now as a designer, what is something you would tell yourself year one into the game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, starting out. Love it. No, I've had different variations of that question, but I haven't quite had that one. So I'm going to ask that question of the next guest. And uh, Andrew, you've reached the end of the Quickie Podcast, man. Thank you so much for being my guest today. Thank you so much. You've been amazing. All right. All right. That is the end of this episode of the Quickie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate your time. If you are digging what you're hearing here on the Quickie, head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening, leave a rating and a review because they make me smile and sing. Also, head over and check out the Print Design Podcast. That's up and going. We got four incredible interviews all about print and stories behind it. And uh, it's a gem. It's an absolute gem. So thanks again for your time and we'll see you later.